I want to say good afternoon. No, it's hello and <laughs> you're welcome. To... You can say good afternoon. People might be listening to me in the afternoon. I mean, yeah. It's just because I have to remember at work to like, good morning or good afternoon when I'm making a phone call. <laughs> so it's my go-to. I know I... I uh, whenever I turn up at work, I say uh, buenos, uh, buenos dias to people, and then somebody actually stopped the video. I went, "Don't you mean Buenos Tardes?" And I was like, "I guess so." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been a few weeks since we recorded. Yes. It's not our fault. Yes. It's Apple's fault. I did make a tweet mm-hmm. tweet about it because because the new that's that's hardcore protesting is. that is tweeting because the new Mac update just like stopped any like external. So basically, we use Audacity to record, and it wouldn't let me download it anymore. So it wouldn't work, and I was, couldn't find another like suitable recording system. So that's been the struggle for the past few weeks. But everything's back and running as normal through cheats that I'm not Hopefully, entirely sure are legal. So I'm just not going to mention them. <laughs> You've already mentioned that, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're not specifics. It's not that incriminating. Fair. <laughs> Fair. So yeah, you're going first this week. Yes. So on the topic of criminals, we're talking about royalty. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll go first. Um, it's been so long since I did this research, I'm going to get all the pronunciations wrong. I'm going to probably forget what I wrote. Um, and I also can't remember how I found her. So there yeah. we go. I mean, I'm but, forgetting um, how the structure works of the podcast, so... It's it's yes, remembering so everything today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's my name? <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't introduce ourselves. Oh oh well, people will know by now. Anyway. You'd hope so. Um, so- I'm just gonna say <laughs> hi, Grace. Um, <laughs> hi, Michelle. <laughs> Wait, I'm Grace. <gasps> so um, the person I've done for this week is Kaahumanu. Oh, is she African? Who is? She isn't. Oh. No. She's a uh, Hawaiian. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know. Back to the time when Hawaii, you know, used to have a royal family. Whoa. Actually, back to a time when the different islands of Hawaii used to have different royal families. That's so strange. Because you just, kn- you just yeah. know it as, like, it's attached to America. And, like, you know yeah. it has or its, its like, own one culture, place. but you, it's still tied up with American culture. It's weird. Yeah. And it's weird because I was expecting like to go back to a time when Hawaii had its own royal family and when Hawaii, well, well Hawaii's different, you know, islands had their own royal families separately. Mm-hmm. I was expecting that this would have been ancient. Like we would be talking like 1500s kind of time zone. This, this woman was built, born in 1768. Whoa. That's quite That's recent. recent. Like, yeah. yeah. So she was there so for the specifically American she was independence. Born. She was. This is when I embarrassed myself because I know very little about American dates in history. I want to say 1772. I think. I don't know. We're not Americans. Don't judge us. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we get a few <laughs> of that. Um, so she was born um, March the 17th, 1768. And her name means uh, feathered mantle. She was born um, in a cave um, in Hana on Maui, Mm -hmm. the specific uh, island. And her father, in a pronunciation, is Ki Ehumoku, who was a noble from Hawaii. And her mother was the wife 
of her half-brother, who was king of Maui. Whoa. Am I going to make a massive spoiler down. and say this is the influence for Moana? Oh, no, okay. this isn't related oh, to Moana. Okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, this uh, queen never ventures out into the sea, meets a god, and, you know, speaks to an island. That doesn't actually happen in this story, my friend. That is I think if it did happen, tragic. that'd be on my radar a bit more. <laughs> I know. Tragic, isn't it? Um, so she had, like, royal lineage. Mm. So she wasn't, like, you know, a Disney princess who was actually, you know, married into yeah. it. Uh, she was named after her father's rival... Um, who had actually caused him to flee his land. Oh my god, that's a strange name. A, a little bit. Uh, and when she was born, her uncle wanted to kidnap her because he hated the union of her parents so much. Wow. It's like usual family dynamics mm-hmm. going on there, yeah. Christmas is like a cool, you know, chill yeah. time. Um, <laughs> she had uh, siblings. It didn't say how many, but there was like a few notable ones. So her siblings were called like Governor John Adams... Uh, Kauniki, uh, and then uh, Governor George Kiahumoku the second. Mm. So they had like English names, well, I assume American mm. names, and then like the Hawaiian name, and they kind of merged them together. Ooh. So I think embracing like, the point the at which she was ruling. Yeah, the point at which she was ruling was very much like this time when these two kind of cultures were kind of coming together a bit it's more. Transnational. <laughs> yes <laughs> flashback to your uni days <laughs> so uh when she was 13 mm-hmm. but eek, she was married Ooh. to uh kamehameha the first mm-hmm. uh because her dad was really good friends with him because oh, he sounds old then yep you just get married to all your yep all your dad's busy mates mm-hmm. um and though um he already had like numerous wives uh she was his favorite that and makes it um, she, well, I don't know. I guess it's I don't know. Just you know, we don't do that here, but you know, other places they do, and it's like perfectly fine. I suppose thirteen is what makes it icky, but yeah, fair, fair, fair. You know, the multiple wives thing. I kind of yeah. When um, she encouraged um, a unity of the islands, oh, that's nice. so rather than have them like all rivaling one another, she wanted to bring them together so they actually like work together. Mm-hmm. During this time of um, being married to him, she became a skilled surfer and diver and lure expert. She was taught in the art of war and often went with her husband to stand by him on the battlefields. Oh my god. I mean, to me, it's it's yeah. bizarre that surfing was a thing in the 1700s. Yeah, I think it's because it's like so heavily associated with like a stereotype Yeah. now. Oh my god, that's just blown my mind. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But yeah, she was like, she was hella rad. <laughs> um, so when her husband died in 1819, she was the most powerful of his wives um, and was left to co-own the island with her son. He was called um, Kameham... Oh, I'm really butchering these names. I do apologise. Kamehameha the second, who was at the time 22 then when he kind of inherited the throne. And they actually created a position for her that didn't exist previously mm. because previously it was like just the king would kind of rule and decide what was going mm-hmm. on. And then obviously she was now a voice that had a say. 
so they created a, a position that was called uh, Kuhani Nua, which means which was like a, a prime minister, basically. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she only grew in popularity and power when her son then died mm-hmm. and um, Kamehameha III became king. And then she co-ruled with him as well. Whoa. Yeah. Generational. Mm-hmm. Yep. So around this time, Europeans, Americans, and the Chinese began um, kind of sticking their nose in mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to trade with Hawaii. And she saw this as a great opportunity. So she taught herself how to speak with them. Whoa. That's Yeah. Beautiful. And how to do maths in order to negotiate Whoa. with them. Whoa. The universal language. Yeah. People said that uh, she, there's reports of her being able to speak English, French, and Spanish. Whoa. Which... Impressive. Amazing. I know. Especially, like, not having the resort... Because at the start, they would have put on, like, language classes. Yeah. <laughs> just being like, yep. She fought for better rights of the Hawaii- Native Hawaiian women as well, such as eating at the same table, hmm. which was something I was a bit confused about, so I did a bit of research about it. So, at the time... Um, was that i've got to skip around my research so at the time uh before there was a law that was called uh ai kapu which was um integral to the kapu system of hawaii Mm. which was basically a system that had been created to appease the gods okay um and it was very much a system which uh suppressed women shocking so the ai kapu law meant that women could not eat at the same table as um their husbands mm-hmm. or as um other men so she didn't like this so she literally like broke the rule and she would um literally like wait until the king was eating and then just go and like join him and like well yeah them. date night the rush <laughs> yeah except from she also she broke it with her son oh, so no, no, that, that no. makes that a bit weird <laughs> um when she did this it should have technically meant that she be sentenced to death and that her um wait she did she and the uh another of her husband's late wife her late husband's wives um did this and the the fact that they broke it should have meant that they both should have been put to death Mm. but because obviously her son didn't want to kill them oh he just changed the law instead oh that's nice yeah i think yes and this was actually yeah it's good but it was it was the first step in like eliminating religion from hawaii so yeah which is i have mixed feelings about Mm. (laughs) but i appreciate the reason she was doing it so um hawaii is made up of eight islands one of them is called um ka uai the garden island Mm. um and another one is called Ni'ihua'u, the Forbidden Island, mm-hmm. uh, which had never been conquered by her husband. Um, I assume the other six have, mm-hmm. but that wasn't specified in the research. Uh, but they did have a negotiation with them, um, and the king of the islands um, said that his islands could be lorded over by um, her and her husband. Mm-hmm. Except that when he died, her people kidnapped the king of those islands okay and forced him to marry her oh and then when he died in 1824 she married his son oh my god yeah it's 
very very strange family tree yeah <laughs> um so at the time um well when that had happened then she married uh the son um there was like lots of people coming over and selling their faiths so Face? like obviously like missionaries i guess or yeah faith. wait faith okay like yeah do you think i said face i was gonna <laughs> say like you just peel it off there you go <laughs> yeah just like you know like uh, when you open like a can of sardines oh, yeah, yeah. It was basically like that, but with oh, faces, wow. and you stick it on the other person and undo it. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. No. Um, so, like, I assume a bit like missionaries, so people from different religions would go over and try and encourage the natives of that island to convert to their religion. Of course. You know, the usual yeah. kind of white people thing. <laughs> yeah. So she was really for embracing the Protestant Christianity that was coming over at the time, mm-hmm. um, thanks to Cook. Um, and she actually encouraged her subjects to be baptised um, and modelled Christian morals, like making a point of the Ten Commandments, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, she was baptised and she took the name Elizabeth oh, wow. when she did it. Strange. Yeah. Which is it's weird. I suppose, I don't know, she kind of got rid of the Hawaiian religion it's... And, and then kind of encouraged this, this English religion. Like... I get that, you know, making ties with other countries is good, but it seems that, like, it's mm-hmm. at the loss of their own, like, culture Yes. There is a reason for that. One sec. So, um, at the time, she also boosted out all the Roman Catholics. My people. Um, <laughs> I know. I was really expecting you to get quite offended by that. Yeah, she just kicked them all out. She was like, nope, gone. And she forbade Catholic teaching as well. I mean, it's literally the same as Protestant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Catholics are just a bit harsher, aren't yeah. they? They're like more to the book. Yeah. Catholics very much like Old Testament, Protestants more New Testament. Um No, that's Jews. Yeah, but like Catholics are very much like, you know, an eye for an eye, done, if you know what I mean. Where in the Protestants obviously there's a lot more there's more like forgiveness involved. This is a long conversation that we've had many times. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um uh, she did this because the Protestants promised her islanders an education. Mm. So, I suppose to accept that, she had to oh. get rid of the Catholic. Uh, this led to um, a written form of Hawaiian, where there, there had never been one before. It was completely verbal before. Oh. Um, and she also know, she, she like made sure that, that the, the Protestants she was learning from uh, knew that she didn't want a new god. A new god. Okay. Yeah, so she said that gods had only ever gave, given her people unhappiness. And she said, so yes, the teachings of a religion are good mm-hmm. because she wanted to kind of take on those teachings like the Ten Commandments, but she didn't want a god. She didn't want people to worship a god anymore oh, because wow. she said that only led to the unhappiness of the people. Which is a... Quite progressive. A weird, but like, it's strange it, yeah. stance. It's <laughs> never 1800s. Yeah. 18, yeah. Yeah, but very good. Mm. Yeah. But that's kind of why, I suppose, the old system, of the old religion of Hawaii, no, the, this new one that had been brought over, she liked, mm-hmm. because that was, yeah. So in 1826, a treaty was negotiated between the US and Hawaii, um, which was the first of its kind. Wait, when was this? Uh, by pres- 
1826. Okay, fair. I thought you said 96. I was like, wouldn't she be 120? Yeah, she got old. <laughs> no. Um, also, I really like that I, I, I literally, the pre- previous research was 1824, and you thought the next bit was going to be 1926. A hundred years, I'd be like, yeah, she just chilled in that yeah, point. <laughs> the Hawaiians might have a secret to youth. I don't know. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's all the surfing. Um, yeah. It's a seawater. It does wonders mm-hmm. for your skin. Uh, and that was kind of negotiated with President John Quincy Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so America paid her... Uh, uh, one sec. So they paid her 150... No, $150,000 worth of sandalwood. Whoa. And for that, she uh, then said that the US could freely enter any Hawaiian port to do business. So, only one year later, her, hus- uh, her husband began to decline. Well, actually, yeah, he had. He died. Um, her health <laughs> began to decline, and her husband mm-hmm. had died. Yeah. Um, so, she turned to God, which she's previously, sa- previously said she didn't want to. So Interesting decision. Uh, yes. Um, so, during her illness, uh, a copy of the New Testament in Hawaiian language, was printed with her name engraved on the front. Oh, wow. I know. Um, And she kept it until her death in 1832, uh, which was near Honolulu. Uh, Her funeral was in a church because the new law dictated that it must be. Um, And Mm. her body was... But, so, maybe, maybe not, her body might have been stolen. Charlie Chaplin's was stolen. Really? Yeah, grave grave what you, stealers. What do you do? They, with, um, they held it ransom, and so they wanted to be fair. paid off, and so they had to put this massive, heavy thing on top of it so no one could do that. Well, it's like um, Oscar Wilde's grave is surrounded by glass, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Is that um, in Paris? Yes, I was just thinking. Yeah. Is it because it's in France? Yeah, and uh, but you can't really see through the glass in certain parts because there's lipstick marks all over it. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what his last words were? Whose? At Oscar Wilde's. Was it something to do with curtains? Yeah, he's like them curtains go or I do, and then he died. You said that all with a smile. I know. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were you saying? Uh, I said her body had been stolen, but not for the reason of holding it for ransom. It was so that it were it could be put in a canoe and sailed away like the old ways of Hawaii. Oh. Said so. Yeah. I feel like that's good and bad because they they like I don't know they did both, but it's yeah, still I, it's I against think... her will. But still, it might have been with her will she never said that like she rejected the old like hawaiian culture it was just a religion that she didn't like i mean do you really think she said i give you permission to steal my body when i'm dead that's a very valid point i give anybody <laughs> permission to though to steal my body when i die like honestly have your way i with mean it. not any creepy yeah that's why i'm a donor an organ donor skin donor yeah. brain donor soul donor yeah i would be I still yeah. need to apply to that for Parkinson's UK. I can donate my brain. I literally thought you were talking about your soul still, and I was like, oh, okay, no. <laughs> on board. Second question, why does Parkinson's UK want your soul? <laughs> they can have it if they want. Like, like, <laughs> like get you money off like your student grant or something, because I'm down. Um, oh my God, I wish. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it was also worth noting that at the time that because of the Hawaiian way of life, it was suddenly um, out... Wait, one second. Oh, yeah. So this was a bit I missed and I completely forgot about. So um, obviously because of what she was introducing to Hawaii, the Hawaiian way of life was like slowly, slowly, slowly being forgotten. So mm -hmm. the Hawaiian culture was effectively kind of being pushed out in favour of this like new, uh, primarily American culture. And so because of this, obviously a lot of Hawaiian people got pissed and they wanted mm -hmm. her dead. Oh. So like a group got together um, and wanted to assassinate her. I have forgotten the name of this group, but I did look it up because it was very, very funny and I've forgotten it. Um, and when she caught wind of these people who wanted to assassinate her, um, mm -hmm. she sent them a letter. Oh my God, crazy. Yeah, as anybody would, you know, polite. <laughs> please don't enough. kill me. <laughs> Actually, it said the opposite. The letter literally said, effectively, yeah, here's my address. I'm unarmed. Come oh my at God. me. Mm -hmm. Whoa. but um the assassins didn't they just gave up instead fair yeah so by the time of her death 60 percent of hawaiians were literate oh wow yeah that's um, really and, cool yeah and to date many female prime ministers of the island take her name when they take office as like a respect oh, to her wow. because she's kind of you know the one who meant that they could finally take that position mm -hmm. oh so, cool yeah that is her and her body is still floating at sea I made that last bit up I don't actually know <laughs> did they burn it or did they just send it out in a canoe as far as I'm aware they just sent it out in a canoe it's not like vikings <laughs> oh that is quite strange maybe that explains why in Canada they get all them washed up like feet I actually do know that, and that's not because of that. Oh, to, yeah, but to be fair, they were wearing running shoes, so I don't think it's yeah. the same one. It that's because, um, isn't it? Because it's like the direct. Um, that's where the tide comes in from, yeah. like the major suicide points of America. Wait, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Oh my god. Like most of the feet are are like suicide feet. Um, and the reason it's just feet is because it's like that's the bit that's gonna fall off a body. I think like quickest. Whoa! Oh my yeah. god! I did not know that. No, that was on the um. Oh, what's it called? Death in the afternoon or death in the morning? Death at noon? I don't know. Death, death at some afternoon. time. Death in the afternoon. Uh, I still have loads left to listen to of that. You were. Wait, do you mean the podcast or the book? Is it a book? The podcast. I don't think it's a book. The oh. book is called something different. The Cat Ate My Eyeballs. It's the new one. Yes. And, oh, what's it called? I have it and I've read it's it. From Here to Eternity. Yes, that's the one. I do want to read it. I will send it to you. Well, thank you. Along with the other books that I've been meaning to send to you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was really cool. Oh. So is she like, you know, we have the King James Bible. Yes. Did they have the I can't pronounce the name Bible? Um, I I hope so. I assume so. I mean, I don't. I well, yeah, because obviously, if they printed it in the in Hawaiian for the first time, then there would have obviously been like a translational uh, interpretation that went with that. Mm. So, yeah, cool. And that was her. So I'm gonna pause. 
I'll let you finish your tiny can of uh, Sprite. And then we'll be back. It's Canada Dry. <laughs> what is what? <laughs> Canada Dry. It's ginger ale. Oh, even worse. Okay, I'll let you finish that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like time for a break, basically. Hey, Christy, what do we talk about on our podcast? Well, Ashley, we talk about all kinds of weird stuff. Like aliens. And ghosts. And cults. And cryptids. And witches. And murders. Yeah, even sometimes murders. Basically, we talk about all kinds of weird shit. Oh, I already said that. Oh. So yeah, if you like weird topics, feminist rants, and the occasional F-bomb, you should listen to us. We post new episodes every other Monday. Find us online at thatsweird.org. And subscribe to That's Weird on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. You should have said that. And who... <laughs> oh, sorry. Welcome back. And uh, who have you got this week? I have Tamara of Georgia. Oh, I don't know anything about the royal family of Georgia. No, me neither until I did this. Um, I thought you were going to say still didn't. I was oh. like, okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, so a lot of this research, because it's so old, it's very like, we think this happened then, but it could have also been here, but we're not really sure if it did happen then or at this specific date mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because she was born around 1160. Fucking hell. I know. <laughs> oh, yes, because you... I remember the piece of information that, that was like, don't research someone who fits this description uh, this this for this one, was someone before the years of like 20... Uh, 20? Like 12-something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like 1250 yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> sorted. Yeah, so she presided over what today we call the Georgian Golden Age. Mm-hmm. So it this was a period in the 12th century and ended short after, shortly after she died in the 13th century. Slight spoiler, but... Um, she died? I know, I can't believe it. Um... And so it's, like, her reign is sometimes regarded as, like, the, the, ki- the where the kingdom of Georgia was at its zenith. Oh. Even though she was okay. a queen and it's classed as a kingdom, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, so her position as the first woman to rule Georgia in her own right was emphasised by, she, she had the title Mepe, Mepe, M-E-P-E. Mm-hmm. Which meant king, but it was given to her to mean as an equal, equal standing to Ooh. her. So she's also called Tamar. I like Tamara mm-hmm. because it like emphasizes that she's a woman. Okay. <laughs> so the name Tamar is actually of Hebrew origins, and um, so like other biblical names, it was favored. By Georgian Bagrationi dynasty, because mm-hmm. they claim to be descended from David, the second king of Israel. Fun okay. fact. <laughs> I didn't know that, yeah. So her youth coincided with a major upheaval in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in 1177, her father, George III, 
was he mm-hmm. was confronted by rebellious faction of nobles and these re- rebels were trying to dethrone Georgia um and try to replace oh no they tried to replace George with I did get confused. I know there's too many Georges. Um yeah. <laughs> with his fraternal nephew, Demner, who was he was considered to be the legitimate royal heir because his father was murdered. Mm. Um Okay. But I don't know the full story of that. Um okay. so people were like, he shouldn't be on the throne. Blah blah blah. Yeah. George the Third was able to stop the revolt and mm-hmm. he embarked on a crackdown campaign on um the rebels. And so the leader of the rebels, who was Ivan Obelli was put to death. Great name. I know. Mm-hmm. And the surviving members of his family were driven out of Georgia. Blimey, okay. Yep. And then Prince Demna, who was the fraternal nephew who people thought should have been the king, um, yes. was castrated and blinded on his uncle's orders and did not survive the mutilation and then died in prison. Oh my god! I know this is um it was very That's intense. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. So once that That's was a traumatic done, childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um so she was about 12 roughly at this point. And so her dad, the king was just like, you know what? You can be my co-ruler. So Cool. Like she it. was. Um so it, it was Just like that. Yep. <laughs> Um, and it was meant to stop any, like, upheaval like that happening again. Mm-hmm. So if he, like, halved his power by giving it to his daughter when he died, she can have all of the power. Cool. And it's, like, only easier to do it because he knew that she'd have difficulties because she's a woman to gain that. As, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Georgia had never had a female ruler before this. And um, George... He hoped to ensure that the nobles would accept her as their next ruler. Aww. And did they? Something tells me... They did, actually. Well, ish. Ooh! Okay. So... It was going to be a bit of upheaval, isn't there? Yeah. So, for six years, you know, they were happily co-ruling Georgia. Until her father died in potentially 1184. Mm -hmm. So, there was considerable opposition when she first got the throne course so she's obviously called weaker because of her gender Mm. and like a lot of people tried to worm their way in and exploit her youth and supposed weakness to like hire themselves and get themselves like involved in georgian politics and stuff like that Mm -hmm. all right so there was this one guy who oh it was her aunt rosadan so she mm-hmm. was very influential on her. So I think she was her niece. So her marriage was a question of state importance. As, of course. Yeah, because she needed to marry a, um, a leader for the army and then also mm-hmm. so that she could have an heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. So, like, apparently loads of... I think I... Go on. The thing I didn't get about, like, when people say that is, like, but you don't know what men are going to be fertile from just looking at them. Yeah. 
So, like, as long as it's a guy, and at the time, any leader in the army is going to be a guy, like... What if he gets stabbed in the balls? It could literally be any man. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, actually. So they had to erase everybody who'd been stabbed <laughs> in the balls, and everybody other than that was free game. Mm-hmm. So, like, loads of different parts of, like, the royal society tried to get, like, mm. a specific candidate, and it basically became, like, an election for who she was going to marry. Oh, my it's God. It's crazy. Did she get a say? I think she did. But she, okay. it did have to be approved by her aunt, who had been, like, the oh, one who, like, lost a lot of her power to start with. Mm-hmm. So the the winner of said competition <laughs> was mm-hmm. Yuri. He... Well done, Yuri. I know. So he, I am really going to pronounce his names very wrong, but it might be famous to people. He's the son of the murdered prince Andre the First of Bogolubuski of Vladislav. So he lived as a re- refugee among mm-hmm. the Kipchaks of the North Caucasus. Okay, um, that well-known place and people. I know them well. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. I I think I know who this guy is because I listened to a podcast called Russian History. This is like Russian History of podcast. Of course, you do. <laughs> um, yeah. And they talk about Yuri, who marries this Georgian queen. <laughs> oh, is that how you found her? It actually isn't, but it just linked. I was like, oh, oh my okay. god. <laughs> <laughs> so they married in eleven eighty five. And he produced. He proved to be an able soldier, but a difficult person. Right, that does not bode well. Yep. So they, he, to, she, she had to become more and more assertive of her rights with him because mm-hmm. he kept trying to like tell her what to do. Yeah. Um. So the turning point for her was the death of. The, the Catholic priest that I was on about, um, who she mm-hmm. she appointed to Chancellor because her aunt was like, you've got to reward him for something. But then he died. Um, and then the Chancellor was replaced by someone who actually supported her. So then she kind of got oh, thank God. Like, her power back. So she... Yeah. She, like, gradually expanded her own power base. In 1187, she persuaded the noble council to approve of her divorce to Yuri. Mm, I know. A divorce? And he was accused of addiction to drunkenness and sodomy and sent away to Constantinople, which is now Istanbul. It's Istanbul. What a strange punishment to be sent to a foreign country. I know. I realise that's what we did to the Australians, but it's like, <laughs> I still find it a really weird, like, you did a bad thing, here's a vacation, bye. Literally. Uh, Yuri actually tried two attempts to try and, ro- like, win back his power in Georgia, mm-hmm. even though it only came from his wife. But, um, and they okay. both... Sounds like he didn't have a lot going on in his head. No. Um, and then he failed both attempts and then went off to obscurity after 1191. So the, her next husband, she did actually choose him herself and there was no like influence from anyone else saying he'll be good for this or blah, good. blah, blah. 
Um, and he was David Soslan. He mm-hmm. was an Allen Prince. I'm guessing that's some a country or somewhere. And he he was a capable military commander, and he was her major supporter, and he was very instrumental in defeating Yuri mm-hmm. uh, when he tried to like take over. And they had two children, uh, Tamar and David. Mm-hmm. Um, so one was called George, George Lasher. Nice. And he would after the country. Mm-hmm, he would become the future king, George the Fourth. Cool. And then she had a daughter, who was called Rosadan, and she would succeed her brother as a sovereign of Georgia. Oh. Uh, so David was well liked by the public, and he was he mm-hmm. was seen on a lot of like art and coins and charters and stuff that's usually to like dedicated to the the, the king stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But he did. That kind of bothers me. Yeah. But he did remain like under her rule. He was never like placed above it. Cool. Which, yeah. Okay. So she was actually called, which tra- is like Georgian, which translates to, to King of Kings. Oh. But in Georgia, the word king isn't gendered. Oh. So it doesn't necessarily imply like a masculine connotation. So it's basically just, she was just sovereign. That's amazing. I know. Um, the, the, I really like that. Yeah. England, take note. I know. But then eventually, they, they've they developed a female equivalent of king. But then they just, oh like, God. disregard that for her. And so she's, like, called the, the okay. king of Georgia. So that's why, like, king of kings mm-hmm. is referred to as... I'm quite pleased that, like, historians didn't go back and edit that, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like, they have a word now, but they didn't feel like going back and applying that word to her. Mm-hmm. Because... It wasn't needed, yeah. Yeah. So, this is where it gets very confusing. Um, <laughs> okay. So, basically, because I don't think the Georgia that was then is the Georgia now. Like, there's different borders and different neighbouring borders and stuff. So, basically, the, mm-hmm. there was a lot of Muslim countries neighbouring it. And mm. um, there was lots of tension building up while she was queen. Um, okay. And Georgia wanted to liberate Armenia mm-hmm. from the Muslims, I think. So right. I literally, because I read, this really, it was really detailed. So I basically just summed it up as lots of battles that went on for years and are confusing because a lot of countries have different names and borders. <laughs> yeah, um, fair. But I can, I'll pretend I understand exactly what went thank on. Thank you. Lots of battles, yeah. lots of borders. I'm on board. Yeah. And so, like, they succeeded in these battles. And so Georgians had reached countries where they'd never even heard of their existence because they'd Whoa. gone so far. Um, and so these victories brought Georgia to, like, um, the height of, like, power and glory and it established a pan-Caucasian empire that extended from the Black Sea to the Caspian and from the Caucasus Mountains to Lake Van. Because we all know where they I are. I can pretend I know all yep. of they are. Yeah. <laughs> but still, mm-hmm. I may. 
Um, and so on, like, coins and charters issued in her name, it identified her mm-hmm. as, by will of God, King of Kings and Queen of Queens of lots of different countries that are very difficult to pronounce. There's like seven or eight of them of all the East and the West, glory of the world and faith, champion of the Messiah is what they called her as. Yeah. Um, And then I also put under this, basically they expanded their borders quite far. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then because of this, Georgia managed to gain a lot of control of industry and commerce. So it brought a lot Mm -hmm. of new wealth to the country and the court and so it says tribute was extracted from the neighbours and war booty added to the royal treasury giving rise to the saying that the peasants were like nobles the nobles like princes and the princes like kings okay yeah that took a moment but yeah. okay <laughs> oh um so it's considered to be like a time of georgia where the like orthodox architecture was redesigned a lot of large-scale domed cathedrals were built the the right of her ruling as a woman was just normal and so she did actually she outlived david her husband and he died of it just says a devastating disease (laughs) not far from the capital Oh, I thought, for a second I thought you were calling the disease not far from Oh, no. And I was like, oh, never heard of that one before. (laughs) But before he died, she had already crowned his son as, uh, as co-ruling with her son, like her dad did. Cool. And so this is where it gets a bit strange. Because, so, it's, it's regarding her death. A lot of people, she was said to have suddenly fell ill when discussing state mm-hmm. affairs with her ministers. Oh, the God, that sounds like a man wrote that history book. But yeah, <laughs> carry on. And she was transported to the capital. And then... Right. To... Because she wasn't in the capital of Georgia at this point, so they moved to there. I did assume when you said they transported yeah, her to, to the capital <laughs> that she was outside of the capital. <laughs> and then she was moved to a castle of... Agarini where she died Mm -hmm. and then she was mourned by her subjects and then her remains were transferred to the cathedral of Machacata and then Mm -hmm. to the Gelati monastery which was a family burial ground of the Georgian royal dynasty but there's the traditional scholarly opinion is that Tamar died in 1213, although there are several indications that she might have died in, like, 1707 or... I'm um, noticed that not 17, 1207 or 1210. Okay. And, um, so... You would have thought that for, like, such uh, an important figure for them, that they would have, you know, somebody would have written down... <laughs> oh, yeah, she died today. Yeah. Um, and... Since then, there have been a lot of, like, legends and rumours about the place that she was buried. Mm-hmm. So... Please say ghost. Of course. <laughs> um, one of them is that she was buried at a secret niche at the Gelati Monastery so as uh, to prevent the grave from 
being like bothered by enemies. Okay. And then another version suggests that she was buried in a remote location, possibly in the holy ground, which I think is Jerusalem, but I'm not sure. That would, yeah, I'll say that would be, yeah. And then there's a rumour from a French knight that from a letter in the third... Reliable, then. <laughs> what? Is it a rumour from a French knight? I was like, yeah, that sounds reliable, then. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so from a letter that he, he wrote in the early 13th century that he'd heard a rumour that her son was travelling to Jerusalem with a huge army and they'd already conquered the cities of Saracens and he was apparently mm. carrying his mother's remains and, and she, because she wanted to go to Jerusalem during her lifetime. Um, oh, so he carried her remains Yeah. There. And he bequeathed her body to be buried near the Holy Sepulchre. I don't know what that is. I think it's significant. Because it has a Google... It has a a link. You know, where you can click it for more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So it's actually still debated in the 20th century about where her grave actually is. So there's quite a lot of, like, scholarly research about it. There's a Georgian writer from... 1918 he wrote an essay that said thus far nobody knows where tamar's grave is she belongs to everyone and to no one her grave is in the heart of the georgian and in the georgian's perception this is not a grave but a beautiful vase in which an unflading flower the great tamar flourishes he definitely stole the body yep in in 1918 (laughs) definitely yeah he's just covering his track he's like no 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 it's definitely the heart of all of us mm-hmm. definitely definitely the heart of all of us. <laughs> but they've done like a lot of archaeological studies and they they haven't found the remains at all Ooh. but to be fair it was almost a thousand years ago yeah i mean how long does it take for bones to like disintegrate i have no idea she's probably in the oil now oh, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um so as with um Many things during, like, the Romantic era of, like, art and stuff. She she was very, ro- very much romanticised um, in a lot of, like, folk songs and poems and made her out to be this ideal ruler, holy woman. And, like, they put, like, pagan deities on her and Christian saints and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one where... It's an old legend where she conceives of her son in a sunbeam which shines through the window, you know. And then another one where she she's from the Georgian mountains and she is basically she can basically tr- controls the weather. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff that she was like a warrior queen as well, and that she. I feel like there's a lot that was made of her after her death that was perhaps just a glorification. Yeah, like it's she. It's yeah. pretty certain that she wasn't actually involved with the fighting, but she was involved mm-hmm. a lot with the plannings of the war and like strategies and stuff like that. But she she didn't. I suppose that fight. Means she had a, a part. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of Russian tales about her. So it, like a lot of the perception of of her is very much shaped by the, like, 
1800s romanticism and nationalism of like Georgian intellectuals but like regardless mm-hmm. of that I think the history for itself like stands out that she like had an impact in Georgian history mm-hmm. I think though mm, wait I know I wrote this down oh she yeah she's been canonized by the georgian orthodox church as the holy righteous queen tamar and Mm. she her feast day is on the first of may in the julian calendar which equates to the 14th of may in the gregorian calendar oh so she has she has a day and that is Queen Tamara of Georgia. Very good. Very good. I thought it was fascinating. It is. I, I, yeah, I say I'd never heard of it. It'd be interesting to see if anybody who's actually from Georgia has ever heard of her. Yeah. I hope this gets our Georgian listeners' ratings up. Because I don't think we have <laughs> <Yes>. any. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one place we haven't yet conquered. No. Nope. Mm. Yeah. Like, as much as ruling over places and conquering countries is an issue i feel like she did kind of good with it as well like she pros they prospered as a country and Mm -hmm. but still she conquered places but mm, we all make mistakes (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i was thinking the other day though because we don't because, like, we made an episode on murderers. And it's mm-hmm. not just, like... I don't know, the point of the podcast is not just because they're good people. It's not, it's like... And no, not to, like, glorify everybody. Yeah. It's, like, just say, like, of people that haven't had a voice previously. Yeah. For good reasons or bad reasons. Yeah. Mm. That's what I was trying to say. Said it better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for things to watch or read or whatever? Uh, in the long time, mm-hmm. I I do yes, actually. Um, I recently watched the series um, Dickinson. Is that any good? I don't know whether it's been to watch made it. By a woman, yeah, I really enjoyed mm. it. Um, um, and made by a woman, obviously about a woman as well. So that is my recommendation. Ooh. It's really, really, really good, and I recommend you go see it. I will watch it too. Well, you that you find it, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you have one this week? I don't honestly. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. It's a good thing that I, I did. Yeah, them. I was really hoping on that. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately scanning around trying to find. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Well very very good Ooh, that's an episode and i shall see you next time hopefully more regularly than it was last time yes that's apple's fault mm. yes i'm just gonna reiterate that until we're famous and they they make a formal apology to yeah. us okay <laughs> <laughs> all right okay see you next thank time. you for listening thank you all bye-bye bye